Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Please be seated. Today we celebrate a glorious feast. We celebrate the feast of St. Michael and all angels. Today is the day in which we give God thanks not only for our salvation, but also for the presence and ministry of the angels of God. There's so much that could be shared regarding the angels of God. They appear throughout the Holy Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, taking part in the events of salvation history. One of my favorite is Jacob's Ladder, where Jacob dreams of the ladder that ascends from earth to heaven and from heaven to earth, and he sees the angels ascending and descending upon the ladder. Hundreds of years later, Jesus, speaking to Nathaniel, speaks of himself as that ladder upon whom the angels would ascend and descend revealing himself to be the fulfillment of that prophetic dream, the one who unites heaven and earth. And we who are in Christ share even now in heavenly places because we share in Jesus, our Lord. I'm going to look a little bit today at Holy Angels in Matthew, the very first book of the New Testament, not the first written necessarily, but the first one in the canon of the New Testament, and the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament. Because there are well over 200 references throughout Holy Scripture to Holy Angels. And so... If the Methodists were not coming at 11, and if you were willing to stay here till about 2 or 3, we could probably begin to uh, just skim the surface a little bit of what it means that God has created these wonderful beings. Today, when we say the Creed, we will say, of all things visible and invisible, and that word invisible, refers to the many spiritual beings that God has created. There are cherubim and seraphim, angels and archangels, thrones and powers and principalities. There are nine choirs of angels. And yet, the word angel actually means one who is sent with a message. And so not all the spiritual beings are truly, in that sense, angels, although we use that word to kind of cover all the spiritual beings that God has created. But there are many types of spiritual beings. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, angels are seen as messengers of God. They come to proclaim the good news they are, in one sense, the first apostles, with a small a. They are sent to bring a message of good news. 
Today we sang the Gloria, glory be to God on high. The cry and song of the angels at the incarnation of Jesus. In Matthew 1.20, it says, But as Joseph considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 24, when Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, because the message that an angel brings is not their own message, but the message of the Father. We remember when the archangel Gabriel comes to Mary, and at his departure she says, Let it be unto me according to thy word, for I am the servant of the Lord. In some translations, thy word is capitalized, showing that the message that the archangel Gabriel brought to her was not his own, but rather the word of the Father. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, we see angels not only as messengers, but as protectors. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child Jesus and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there till I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And again, the angel lets Joseph know upon Herod's death that they may return to his land. In Matthew chapter 4, we see angels as both protecting and ministering to Jesus. And Satan said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, God will give his angels charge over you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And then later in verse 11, Then the devil left Jesus, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. In Matthew 16, 27, we see angels participating in the second coming of the Lord. For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay every man for what? He has done. And in Matthew 18, which we heard in today's gospel proclamation, we see that passage where we see angels being given as guardians of God's children. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. And we know from the Old Testament, that Michael was the patron and protector of Israel, as he is of the church, which we see in Revelation chapter 12. And so, from all of these passages, most of these from Matthew alone, we see that the angels were created by God to be messengers, to proclaim the good news of salvation 
to be protectors of God's people, to protect and to minister, to be participants in God's judgment, to participate in the second coming, and to be guardians of God's children. In all these ways and in more, God's angels serve. Now, I can remember being a young boy growing up in Connecticut, and I'd be going out during the winter uh, to school, and my father would say, make sure you put on your, your boots. Put on my boots. Make sure you put on your warm coat. Got it from L.L. Bean. You can go out in minus 110. 110. Minus 110. Make sure you have on a scarf. You get all of this. And then he'd give me the one thing I really didn't want to wear, and that was a hat. Why? Because I had hair back then, and my hair was, was uh, very thin, even back then, as a little boy. And if I put the hat on, by the time I got to school and took it off, it looked like I had taken a nap. You know, the hat head, which I haven't seen in a mirror in decades. But my father would say, no sense putting on all the rest if you don't put the hat on in the end because 80% of your heat goes out your head. He also always told me to put on warm socks because 80% of our heat went out our feet. It's 160%, but one didn't question the wisdom of the father in the house. But, you know, asking God to give his holy angels charge over us is like putting on that hat at the end of our prayers. Yes, the majority of our prayers should be about praying to God, thanking God, praising God, acknowledging Jesus as Lord and asking him to be enthroned within our heart and asking that we be filled with the Holy Spirit for anointing and healing and guidance and direction and leading but I always end my prayers for myself, for my family, and for you, my church family, by asking God to give his holy angels charge over us to protect us. For this is the ministry of the holy angels. But they also have another function, and that is they join us in worship with angels and archangels and all the holy company of heaven, we ascribe unto thee all honor, glory, praise, and thanksgiving, almighty God and Father. We worship among the angels. We pray and worship God with them. And they join in offering our prayers before the throne of Almighty God. Now some would say, oh, uh, uh, now you're getting outside the Bible here. You can't do that. You know, there's one mediator, Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, that is true. But the angels participate in that ministry. We are told in Revelation chapter 8, as well as in other places, that the angels assist us in offering our prayers before the throne of Almighty God. Chapter 8, verse 2 to 4. 
Then I, John, saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets, trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And this is why in most churches, the thurible, the censer, is made out of gold or gold-plated or painted gold or something. Because the angel of God comes before the heavenly altar of God with a golden censer. And he was given much incense. I love that, much incense. Not brill cream, a little dabble, do you? Much incense. He comes before the altar of God with a golden censer, and he's given much incense to mingle with the prayers of all the saints. That's us. Upon the golden altar before the throne, and the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints before the, from the hand of the angel before God. And the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints from the hand of the angel before God. Those of you sitting in the back row may have heard the prayer that I said when I blessed the incense just before Mass. The censer was opened and I said, and made the uh, and Heavenly Father, may our prayers ascend before thy throne from the angel's hand. A prayer which I often say when blessing incense. And so angels share with us in the worship of Almighty God. They are protectors of God's people, messengers of his good news, proclaimers of the gospel. They are ministering angels. They bring about God's judgment upon the earth. And they guard his people, especially his children. Now, before I conclude on this special feast today, I wish to show you one of my favorite icons. And this depicts St. Michael the Archangel and all the good angels behind him. Now, we don't know how many angels there are, but... The fathers tell us in their interpretation of Revelation chapter 12 that a third of the angels fell. So there's two-thirds of the angels here behind St. Michael the Archangel. And Michael the Archangel is holding an icon himself, an icon of Jesus, an icon of the Incarnation. And the early church fathers tell us in their interpretation of some scriptural passages that the pride that entered into Lucifer's heart, which caused him and the other apostate angels to fall and to become the devil and his demons, followed the, a proclamation by God in heaven that God was going to create not only the spiritual creation, but the material creation as well. And that he was going to create among all his creatures, one who was both physical, material, and spiritual. 
and that he would call this creation man, and that he would join himself to his creation, not by becoming an angel, but by becoming man, and that the angels would serve man to the honor and glory of God. And for Michael and the angels, because this was the will of God, they rejoiced in it. They didn't say, well, that's beneath my status. I will never do that. Certainly, Lord, you'll reconsider. But Lucifer could not. He felt that it was beneath him to serve a creature that was inferior to him, whether it was the will of God or not the will of God. And so he fell out of God's will, therefore the presence of God repelled him. Because sin cannot be in the presence of God in heaven. And so he was expelled by his own sin. Not so much by God kicking him out, but by his turning away from God and accepting sin within his being, and because sin cannot be in the presence of God, he was expelled. And so he does not desire, as God desired for him, to serve us. Rather, he seeks to tear us down and to pull us down, to debase us, to enslave us that we may serve him rather than he serving us. And so in this icon, which I'm going to leave right here and cause all kinds of confusion when you try to come up for Holy Communion, because uh, you'll have to sneak around it somehow, but so that you can see it, I'm going to leave this icon right here as you come forward to receive Holy Communion. And so today we celebrate the wonder and the mystery and the ministry of the holy angels. But like Michael, let us always bow in humility before the will and word of God. Let us find our joy, not in serving God as we would desire to serve, but serving God in accordance with his will, to his honor and glory. For in doing so, we as a church shall also become an icon that has in its center the icon of Jesus, proclaiming to all the world the good news. Glory to God who has given us salvation and his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.